Welcome to the Frau Vies podcast, where we have conversations with Black women in tech from around the world and share their inspirational stories. I'm Naya Moss, your host and CEO of the Frau Vies community. At Frau Vies, our mission is to provide a community and means of support for Black women in tech. Whether you have worked in tech for 30 years or 10 years, a Black woman or an ally, this podcast is truthful, positive, unapologetic, and made just for you. Um, please introduce yourself to everyone. Hello, everyone. I am Stephanie. Um, I'm known as InfoSteph on Twitter, or StephanSec is my handle. Um, and I do security things for a law firm. And uh, yeah, I do a whole bunch of other things, but you know, it's not necessarily <laughs> super important. I just am very, I'm involved in the industry and I try to be involved in ways that uh, kind of match my personality and make me happy. So that includes a podcast where I talk about any and everything uh, with my co-host. Um, it includes, you know, doing uh, chapter, WOSEC, Women in Security chapter lead stuff. It also includes um, WISP things. Um, these are all organizations that, you know, I'll expand on, I guess, a bit later. But um, yeah, I just try to involve myself in things that, you know, are great opportunities or give me a chance to grow and stretch myself um, in other ways besides technical. Um, so yeah, it's pretty much the long and short of it. <laughs> I'm terrible about talking about myself, so. <laughs> it, it, no, it's, it's totally fine. I'm, I, I'm just, I'm so excited because like, I, like I watch your, your, your videos um, that you have like, you know, of internet, of like being interviewed, uh, uh, talking at conferences and everything. So I'm so like excited to be able to talk to you. So I'm, I'm smiling very hard. Like I'm hoping it, it shows through my voice right now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's uh, that's very exciting. Um, how did you get started in in in, in tech? Um, so I don't have like the traditional story. I don't think I've met many people actually with the traditional story. So is it really traditional? I guess not. So, <laughs> but I don't have the normal story. Essentially, I I was seventeen when I went to college. Um, oh wow! And. Yeah, like, it's a long story. I, I went to, I'm Nigerian, I went to boarding school uh, for middle school, and everybody there skipped sixth grade, so I skipped sixth, sixth grade. <laughs> so oh, okay. I, ended up, I ended up being 17 going to college, and um, I didn't really, ha hadn't considered what I wanted to do. I think the only thing that I really enjoyed doing was uh, writing stories and reading stories, so I knew I wanted to write, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to write or how I would make money from it. You know, so especially considering um, writing was kind of on its way out as I was, you know, going into uh, college. And so uh, I think one of my cl classmates at the time was just kind of like, well, what about journalism? Like you could get a job at like a newspaper or whatever. And so I considered it and I ended up uh, going ahead and saying, OK, you know, I'll try it or whatever. And so um, I picked like the best school um, or one of the better schools for journalism, which was Howard University. And I went there and I did the program for three years. Then I hated it. Uh, so I decided that I was going to um, change my major after three years, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And looking at my student loans racking up, I was kind of like, well, what, what, I need to make a decision. And my mom was like, well, you've always liked, you know, computers and things of that nature. So why not computer science or something like IT related? And so um, I ended up, you know, challenging myself. I was really intimidated by it. So I wasn't really sure I could do it. And um, I ended up saying, oh, what's, you know, what's, what does it hurt? <laughs> and at this point, like, I'm already in so much debt that I might as well just go ahead and try something different and see if I could, if I could do it. So 
that was pretty much how I got into tech was changing my major to computer science and transferring schools. Um, but then uh, by the time I transferred schools, I was already like, I think I spent that first year at that school um, just doing like leasing stuff. So student housing kind of leasing agent type activities. And then after I got fired from that job, um, I was like, well, I'm going to pick another job. It has to be, you know, something where I can have job experience. And so um, I ended up getting a job as like tech support for a web hosting company here in Houston. Um, and I was living in Huntsville, Texas, which is like an hour and a half, two hours away from Houston. So I was like going to school from Monday through Thursday and then Friday through Sunday, I was working. And then at the end of my shift, I would drive all the way back to uh, Huntsville to go to start it over. So I was doing that for like a year and some change. Um, and then I went over to uh, IT. I did like help desk stuff. And then I went back to web hosting because I hated help desk stuff. <laughs> and then I discovered, uh, or I was promoted into being like a Linux admin, like a junior Linux admin. Oh. And I did that for a few months, but then they killed her. And the, the entire time I'm trying to get into security. Uh, my major was computer science, but I had a concentration in digital forensics slash information assurance. And so I was trying to get into the security department at uh, this web hosting company. Um, and to do that, you had to go through like the chat, the like bottom level support and then you had to get promoted into like a Linux admin role and then after that you um, tried to get promoted into the security role then they decided to outsource their security and I did that <laughs> I, I was like okay well they're outsourcing this and I said you know well I'm done with this place like my my whole dreams are kind of yeah wait crushed. so, so it, um Wait, so how did you, like, what made you know that you wanted to go into security? Um, because, I, I mean, it doesn't really sound like that was your path initially. Uh, initially. Um, so, like, did you just, I don't like, see a, a podcast or a video or something that, that sparked some interest? Or how did you um, come to that? Um, so, I wish it was, like, some, like, really dramatic... <laughs> story about how okay, your story was, is it's fine I love it <laughs> I mean I wish it was like I was walking by and I saw a magazine of a black woman being a hacker and I decided from that moment forth I was going to be it no it wasn't anything like that literally I came to the office to declare my major as computer science in my new school and the advisor was like oh um, you can just be straight computer science major or you could have a um, concentration and these are the concentrations available. When she said digital forensics, um, I kind of was like, ooh, that sounds like some you know, CSI type <laughs> stuff. <laughs> it sounds really cool. Um, and literally was like, I'm going to go with that. And she was like, anytime you want to change, like you can change. It's not a big deal. Like there's only a few classes later on that you, that are different, but the same, the classes you'll take this first year will be the same for everyone. And so I was like, okay, dope. I'm going to go ahead and, and do that. And it, I thought it was just super cool. Um, I thought it would be a very, I thought it would be, so there are a couple things like at this point, I'm, I know myself better. So I'm like, I need something exciting because I get bored really easily. I needed something where I had to learn a lot because I also like to, I don't like to feel like I've learned everything and that's it. And I just sit there and, and just keep relearning the same thing. I wanted something where it was going to constantly challenge me to learn and grow. Um, and so, and that's literally what it was. It seemed like a really cool, you know, program. And then I started taking classes and I was like, yeah, you know, this seems like pretty interesting. And it seems like something I would like to do. It wasn't, then I, when I got my first job and I started talking to people in the security department, um, that kind of like solidified it a little bit more. But honestly, I feel like anybody who says that they want to be in security before actually being in security, they're only thinking that they want it <laughs> you don't really know yeah. until you're in the role so yeah uh i find that to be very true um I, and i think i mentioned this in some other episodes that like i i was always uh for the most part of my career in in it 
and I and I twice got pushed into um, like doing some like a security role or doing like a hybrid actually. Um, mm -hmm. I actually really liked it. Um, in fact, the, the last job that I, I worked at, um, the uh, he was the chief security officer. He was like, hey, like you actually know a lot. How come you're not doing this? And I was like, yeah, it's not my thing, but I, but you know, I do, <laughs> I do like uh, um, uh, security, but um, yeah, I think you're right. Like it's not something that you just kind of go into and you say like, I want to work in security. Like it's, I, I mean, you have to have some kind of interest. Like for you, um, you had an interest in, in, um, in, in forensics. Um, so like maybe that was like a part of it, but yeah, I, I don't think I actually have met too many people that, you know, just, they work, they went directly into security. Usually they were doing a role that was similar and then they end up either getting pushed into the role or, you know, they just ended up that, um, in their role. So, um, cool. Um, and I just want to back up just a little bit. Did you mention earlier that you, that you are from, where, where are you from, by the way? Did you say I'm you're from Houston, Texas. You're from, okay, you're from Houston. But did you say that you grew up in uh, Nigeria? No. So I was born uh, and mostly raised here, but I, I did. I, my parents are both Nigerian. And so by virtue of that, I'm Nigerian. <laughs> um, uh, but I uh, went to boarding school for middle school. So I did elementary school here and then I went to there for middle school. And then I begged to come back for high school. <laughs> and so I did high school here. Got it. Yeah. So I, I, I asked because um, I like to just kind of like find out um what the like the interest is in tech outside of the u.s um oh, okay because most of our guests so, so far have been from the u.s um maybe about two or three um are, were from either the, the, the caribbean or some uh, or from a country within africa so i like to always kind of like ask like you know was there someone in your family um you, you know or in the country uh, of where you're from um you know is there any interest for women to even work in tech so that's why um i i asked but cool all right so you're from the same state that beyonce is from okay pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> and the same city so that's funny. oh yes, yes okay well pretty cool and oh like like side note by the way i i, I discovered meg the stallion today <laughs> Like how yeah. heard of her before, and I was yeah. I, I posted on Instagram earlier today that like, um, yeah, I was like trying to dance like her. She had some videos around Twitter, and yeah, I kind of broke my knees. I think I was about to say I don't have the knees for that. She's got yeah. anointed <laughs> knees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was definitely a mistake. But okay, <laughs> okay really cool. Um, so. Uh, what challenges have you had in um, security? Um, kind of going from IT help desk, going to um, security. How did you learn? How did you get started? Um, what challenge? So there were a lot, and honestly, the more matured I get, I guess as a security professional. I think that I become more and more removed from it. So bear with me. <laughs> I think <laughs> if you had met me about a year ago, I think that I would have probably been a lot more saucy about it. And, and that was because I was like in the middle of dealing with, dealing with the struggle. And now like a year out, I'm no longer in the struggle. Now it's more so about, okay, I'm, I'm in security and I'm a professional, like, you know, now it's about learning like the stuff that you want to do. So <clears throat> before you get into security, it's like a, it's like a haze. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like, it's like, it's like security is like a, a sorority or fraternity and you are pledging <laughs> to get in. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. I am not in a sorority or fraternity, but I do know about a little bit about it. And I feel like that's the most similar th because there's not one way to get in. Mm -hmm. um, everybody's going to say that they're going to tell you a generic answer for how to get in. It's going to be very vague. Um, you're going to have to do a lot of 
research and studying and, you know, long nights, you know, trying to trying to think about ways to get in or like brush up on your skills or put yourself in the right position so that you can be seen like you basically are doing a lot to get into a club that you're not even really 100% sure you want to be in, which is, is I think honestly, like every job, like you have to go through four years of medical school, medical school and like two or, or something years of residency before you become an actual doctor as your job. And then you might hate it. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, I think that's, that's the, with any like major job that's kind of the thing is that you don't really know if you're gonna like it until you're like actually in it but you spend a lot of time and effort trying to get in so that was pretty much my experience I felt like I didn't have I didn't have the right people around to um, guide me though I did have people who tried I mean at first I would say that if you listen to other interviews of mine, I probably would have been more critical of them and saying like, you know, they didn't really support me. I think what happened was that they tried in their own way how they were supported and how they were supported was not the right way to support people. Um, but they were trying, but it just didn't jive. Like I would try to ask questions. I would try to say like, how do I do this? How do I get in? Like what skills do I learn? And all this other stuff I would express frustration about you know, another denial, another, you know, rejection or uh, another brick wall, or I learned something that they say I should learn and then the bar is moved or now I have to have this certification that I can't afford or things like that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I would hit all these walls and they would just kind of be like, well, that's the name of the game. If you're like, you know, not, in, if you're, you know, lamenting about this, then, you know, maybe this isn't for you. Like, it's just like a lot of kind of, problematic uh dialogue at that point in time especially for someone who's like just really wants to be excited about it and just wants to you know explore this you just want to nerd out about something and you just want to be excited and you want to explore and but the problem is there's the pressure of wanting to make money as well and being broke so you know that you have to you have to pay the bills and that takes a huge chunk out of your time like wouldn't it be awesome if you just had an unlimited amount of time to just sit there and like learn things at your own pace and learn what you want to learn and get excited about certain things. But then when you involve money and like the need to pay your bills, it's like, you just really don't have the luxury of doing that. So that was one end of it. The other end of it is like the workspace and being a woman in tech, in tech roles mm -hmm. and the ignorance or, um, prejudice or discrimination that you face while being in those roles especially if you have to talk to a lot of like customers or clients or things like that you end up having to have to explain yourself all the time you have people who won't believe you when you tell them the correct answer you have people that question everything that you say um, you feel like you have to do a week's worth of work to go to a meeting and some of the guys just roll out of bed and show up and if they don't know, like nobody cares. But if you don't know, there's like this big old judgment cast on you. And then you have this pressure of feeling like you're representing every other black woman in the country that will come after you in a company and how you can't embarrass them. And you can't like, you have to pave the way, you have to be strong, you have to be forceful, you have to be assertive and you can't let them run all over you and you can't misrepresent anyone and you know there's there's so much that you can kind of take on when you're just that other people don't have to worry about when you're just trying to get in so that on a like a high level is the kind of the the vibe of like my early career um lord knows why i kept going i <laughs> i quit mentally in my head many many times yeah. And I, and I also even entertained. I think at one point I entertained uh, moving on to psychology and just being a therapist instead. And like I told myself, I was just going to be done with the whole tech scene, and I didn't like it. And but before I quit, I I said I was going to try to find a mentor and talk to them and see if like I should I should continue on my journey to be a psychologist or if I could actually try to make this work. Um, so that is actually the reason why I stayed. So that's, yeah, those are the challenges that I've experienced. So, uh, okay, I feel like, I feel like if, if I, if I talk to him, this is going to be a really long episode because 
I, I can resonate so much with everything that you just said. Like, I mean, not even just working in tech, but I mean, I, I think as black women in general, like it's, it, people don't realize it is a little bit harder for us to get ahead. Like, um, like, I mean, literally everything that you, you said, like, I mean, even down to the finances, um, and, and not having enough money perhaps because of your, your, your upbringing or, or maybe your, your helping family or, or whatever it is, um, you might not have someone to kind of lean on so you can further your, um, your career, your learning, someone to help you out with, um, certifications. Um, and I'm, you know, like, First of all, what I love is that so many of us go through this, but we still like we we like work through it. We um we find ways to like to to get around it. Um, and I'm I'm also really noticing that a lot of Black women in tech um they are slowly interested in um self care, self awareness, um uh, psychology and healthcare. So I think yeah. it. It's, it's really interesting and I, I mean like my question to you is like do you feel like you were interested in psychology maybe because you just you went through so much that you wanted to understand the like human brain and like how's you know how does it work and, and, and how you can interact better with others that is actually a really good question um I think the main reason why I entertained psychology at first on the surface is because in uh in like my series of undergrad experiences <laughs> i had taken a psychology class and it was probably the first class this was before i switched to um to, to computer science but by this point it was like one of the most interesting classes that i had ever taken and i think it was the first class where i didn't feel like i was dragging my feet to go to class or like to do the homework or anything. Like I was actually fascinated by what they were saying. Um, but to your point, I do think like my switch had to do a lot with, um, in general, I, I, I'm an, like more, like I'm, I'm an empath. I know I, I hate that word, but I mean, that's essentially what it is. Like I, I can, take on the emotions of others without them even asking me <laughs> just like it just happens so i think that i, I kind of naturally play therapist a lot to you know strangers at the grocery store I, that i didn't talk to first that they just came on like they just came and talked to me myself or like you know family members and being mediator or friends and being mediators or my friends that are couples and being mediators like I feel like I've taken that role on a lot in my life um so those two are like things that are outside of the tech world but yes I think once you become um tech minded or you're introduced to the tech field you start to be a dissector a little bit you kind of dissect everything like so if there's something you read you're dissecting it or if it's if there is a machine that's in front of you, you might dissect it or even like you know reading about machines or or even in conversation you might dissect things like you become more of a critical thinker I guess yeah. and so with that and with the experiences you have as a black woman and all of the the things that you're not you don't understand especially because most of the time when you receive discrimination or some kind of like weird negative reaction from someone you don't have the full context because as far as you know you're just freshly meeting this person mm -hmm. however there's something that you've done in a maybe in a past life to anger them because their attitude towards you is just stank and i think that yeah. um figuring out people helps a lot with do you, like you know i guess releasing yourself from that um it can you could take I, you know you could take that personally because you're like what is it about me that just attracts these people that just hate me or something mm -hmm. um but understanding that people deal with their own stuff and like what goes into that like hacking the mind so to speak it kind of helps you to you know more easily go through life and not think that everybody has it out for you and just know that everybody is replaying their own uh childhood stories in their head over and over and over again so i feel like i feel like yeah that's a that's definitely a part of it uh it's in my future i think like when i retire from tech i would definitely want to go back to school and be a therapist i think that's still going to be my retiring plan that seems like a cool like retired woman job yeah. so yeah, no i i i think that would be a really great idea 
Um, so you, I mean, you've been in tech for a while and although you, you have had quite, you know, the amount of challenges, um, you are still in it, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just joking there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So even though you went through some challenges, um, you are still in it. And by the way, to go back to what you said earlier, you might not have had someone that you were able to look to that was black and working in security. But however, you sticking through tech, you are setting the, the, the presence for other black women who listen to this podcast, who see you on Twitter, who see you, you know, all over the internet, um, soaring and doing really great. Um, so you keep going because you're, you're definitely setting the, the path and you're opening the door for the person behind you. Um, so the, the fact that you've been in tech and you're staying in it, um, how do you, um, keep sane and like take care of yourself and do um, self-awareness. I really appreciate what you just said, because um, even though nobody has really expressly said that to me, I think I have already felt like that. And I think that I credit that uh, kind of awareness for the culture and I guess other black women comes from my time at uh, Howard. So <laughs> thank you for saying that. Um, but when it comes to me personally and how I keep my self-awareness, um, so like, yeah, I think, um, before I turned 25, I felt like a hot mess. Uh, if I look back at that time, I don't think I was as hot of a mess as I thought I was. <laughs> um, but in any case, November the literal month before my my 25th birthday i felt like i just didn't know what i wanted what i wanted in life i felt like i was not sure why i was doing certain things or you know certain things about myself i just wasn't sure about a lot and so um i finally had insurance that was mine <laughs> like and not tied to like a school or you know the state or whatever mm -hmm. and so i could afford to go to a uh, a therapist and so i was kind of like you know if I'm going to pay for this insurance, I might as well get something out of it. And so, because uh, it's not like I was going to the hospital all the time or the doctor. So um, I found a therapist and I started going to her and, um, you know, questioning a lot of things with her. Um, and so that helps me today. So that was four years ago. Um, I'm not 29 yet, but I will be 29 this year. Um, and... So that kind of, if you, when you go regularly, I think people have a really interesting perspective about people who go to therapy and them being psychotic or something like that. But honestly, it's really just pointing out behavior and questioning it and then having answers for it. <laughs> and there's nothing that makes you more self-aware than that. Um, so like continuously going to someone and having your thoughts and your views challenged, I think kind of makes me more self-aware. Um, also when you have a stressful job, um, and I, I just want to say this for, for women who are in tech roles and take calls. Um, so like call center tech roles, those already call center jobs are exhausting, but I think personally, in, in my personal experience, being a woman in a call center job is like two call center jobs at the same time. Yeah. Why? Because you are having to explain everything twice, sometimes four times. Sometimes you have to get someone who is junior to you to tell this person on the phone the same exact thing. And that person will take it because it came from a dude. Mm -hmm. So... It's a lot. It's very stressful. In fact, I still deal with like triggers from that period of time. So I had to kind of bake self-care in. I didn't realize I was self-caring at the time. Like I just thought I, you know, I don't have energy to like do anything else than to watch TV or hang out with friends or like I just noticed that after work, all I want to do is fun stuff. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, months of that that I realized like that was me like medicating essentially like trying to self-medicate was to like go work out and go you know talk to friends and hang out with friends and make a point to be around people I love that love me back and things of that nature like those things were my self-care 
now I'm a lot more intentional about it, mostly because I got extremely burnt out last year and I uh, actually ended up on medical leave. So, um, and not because of an actual, well, depression is medical, but you know, it's not seen like that. <laughs> it's not seen like that, but yeah, I was definitely burnt out and, uh, and the result of burnout was extreme anxiety and extreme depression. And so I hit a wall essentially, you know, and I was like, unable to continue forward for two months of my life and it didn't end after the medical leave ended I mean I got another job so I vacated that job and I didn't have that toxic environment but I still had to work through those emotions for months (laughs) like for a long time and so I started to try to develop you know self-care rituals um you know, like, and, and honestly, it varies depending on, I mean, I, I could, this is honestly a topic I could talk about forever. Um, I've actually given a talk about it as well, but therapy is a big self-care thing for me. Um, a lot of self-reflection, so that could include meditating or journaling or, you know, things of that nature. Um, being around people whose energies are supportive and not, um, harmful um and spending time with them and regularly (laughs) taking time for myself making sure that i my bills are paid making sure that my i'm i'm eating like i should um that i i try to the active thing is not working this year for me (laughs) but i have been active in previous years (laughs) um things like that you know going to a movie and taking my mind off of of the world unplugging when I need to. Um, I think for two months last year, I completely deleted, um, Instagram, the app from my phone because, um, Instagram is actually a problem app for me in terms of mental health. So when I'm low, I don't go on there at all. Um, so those are the types of things, but it was trial and error. You get, you know, you get, uh, examples from other people or you get suggestions from other people and you try it on and see if it fits. And if it doesn't, you take it back and, check out something else I don't know so um, those are some of the things that I do regularly that keeps me uh, in a good in a good mental state yeah and you know what like thank you for being very honest about what you went through Um, I I find that especially as a black woman being in our community being in tech like so many people don't talk about these things and they and they feel like if you talk about it you'll be seen um, as weak or you, you know, there's like all these different myths about mental health. There's myths about self-care. Um, and what I do like that that you said too, which I think also a big, big part of it is um, like kind of letting go of toxic people and keeping positive people in your life. I think that really helps because as you said before, like especially when you're in a role doing, you know, um, like support or call center, like for, for, for me, um, like there were some jobs where I, it was really great. There were some jobs where it was like, I would go home and want to die every day because I was treated so badly. And then, yeah. and then just imagine you go home or you, or the time that you are spending with friends and family, you're dealing with people that are really negative. Um, so that kind of could make things a little bit worse. So I, I, I'm really thankful that you shared all of this with us, like just being very honest, being very transparent about, um, about what you went through last year. And I, I think that was also a big deal to the fact that you were not afraid to take a leave. Um, which I'm pretty sure that must have been hard on you um, f- financially. Um, I don't know what, ha- like, I don't know how, how things are for you, but I mean, I can just, um, you know, imagine, especially if they weren't paying you, um, how two months leave could, you know, have a, a trickle effect on, on the rest of your life. Um, but also just kind of like wondering what, what people were like thinking and, 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 and wondering what people were saying. Um, so you really took a big step there and I'm, I'm pretty sure that that was a huge help to your career. Yeah, it, it definitely was. Um, it, honestly, when I didn't even know medical leave for depression was a thing at all. Um, I knew that pregnant women did that when they, you know, were about to give birth and whatnot, but I didn't know, or if you had like surgery or something, but I didn't know that you could be um, severely depressed and get time off. So when my therapist said I will, she, that she would, you know, go ahead and place me on it, I was relieved. <laughs> I can be honest. 
because imagine wanting to quit every single day and not having the option to because your your bills have to like your your bills have to be get paid so i feel like you don't feel like you can quit mm-hmm. um so i i was relieved i i kind of was like i'll figure the money thing out later i'd rather have like so for for the job that i was working at the time i think you would still pocket about 60 percent of your salary which i wasn't making the most <laughs> so that was not as much as you would think however it definitely helped pay like my my most necessary expenses so rent and like car note and things of that nature like i was able to get that squared away but anything outside of that was like extra um at the time i had a a boyfriend so he um would help with certain things but really i didn't i'm i'm not the type of girl that likes to depend on anyone anyway (laughs) so so yeah so he took me out like sometimes like on dates and stuff like a normal like relationship so it wasn't like he was like paying my grocery bill or paying like you know the lights or whatever I was paying my my own bills but he would you know say oh you know it's been a while since you've done this here's you know an extra 20 or whatever so I, I I did have like his support um, with that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think at a certain point you say, do I want to die in this job? I, and, and that sounds really dark. Um, but it's, it's an honest, it's so, it's like extremely honest. It's like, it's like when you're getting up, you're waking, literally opening your eyes as in waking up and you immediately burst into tears until it's time for you to go to work and you're fighting tears all day. And then as soon as you get in your car driving home, you're crying again and you just come into your house or your apartment and you just get in the bed and you're just crying all night. I think at that point, what life, <laughs> what, what money is worth that when your life sucks and your, your quality of life is so bad? <laughs> like, I feel like what life is that? That's not, the yeah. money I was getting doesn't, you know. So at that point, I was like, time off to not see these people again. And, and you know, my therapist didn't tell me this when she put me on leave, but she said that due to my, um, how I've evolved at that job, she mm-hmm. would never clear me to go back. But she didn't tell me that when I when I leave. She was just kind of like, we're going to put you on leave and see how you do. And I think, obviously, if I was better, maybe she would have cleared me. But she she could see the as soon as I left, the improvement in my, you know, attitude and things like that. I still was triggered a lot. And I, I mean, it's not easy to be on metal. You People think it's like, oh, it's just a vacation. And I just took time off and I was getting random checks. But you still have to work through all of those things that you've been shoving aside. The reason why you're crying or hating your life is because you're literally putting off a direct instinct, a survival instinct of this, I'm in danger and I should get out. And you're fighting that because you're like, I have bills to pay, so I can't get out. <laughs> so you have to kind of work through that. Tra- and it's, a, it's, once again, it sounds extreme, but it's a traumatic event at that point. And I, you have to work through that trauma and process all of those emotions otherwise you carry it with you everywhere you go afterwards yeah yeah and and that's that that's very true i mean everything that you've said i i've actually been through the same thing so i I can sympathize um i actually went through that twice and i mean like once you get to the point where you are about to cry or just so upset and so hurt at just every little thing um, just even as simple as like waking up and like not wanting to leave your house because you, you don't want to go to work. Like I, I've been there and it's not a great feeling. And when it gets like that, you really do have to just kind of break away and just start new um, somewhere else. So, I mean, again, I, I really do appreciate you um, sharing all of your um, experiences, good, bad, um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's someone out there that's going to hear this and, you know, they're going to feel like, wow, I'm not alone. Um, and the fact that she's doing so well is a good reason for me to keep going. Um, so my, my next question to you is what do you love about tech, whether it's work or fun hobby? That is a great question. I think, what do I love about tech? Um, I think for the most part, it's like a mental challenge. Mm -hmm. So 
I think that I do like the mental challenge of it all. I love the fact that every, even if, even the people who don't do any studies outside of work, even you just going to work, you are, you can look back a couple months ago and say, there's some stuff that I didn't know a couple months ago that I'm like breezing through now. And that is a reward. Anything like one growth is one of my highest values. And so for me, any career that, makes me grow whether it be like soft skills or or more technical skills like it's it's a valuable it's a valuable thing to me so i like that you're constantly learning things that people are constantly coming up with these new um ideas or new interfaces or new um, research that helps you know that is implemented to other technology you know and then you get to play with it and kind of it's kind of like people releasing gifts to the world and then you kind of get to uncover the gift and and then you know put your perspective on it and and see how how it fits so i i like that about it i like the people tend to be passionate about it so when you hear people talk about their projects typically their eyes light up and they you know they get really in the weeds about it i i definitely love that part of it um so yeah i think that's that's it's not as specific <laughs> as i'm i would have hoped but that's pretty much the it's more of a feeling i you know to describe what i love about it um the growth aspect always learning um and always having to learn um so that you're always up to date is it's uh, it's pressure but it's also fun um and then the people and how passionate they tend to be that i think those are the two things that i love about tech the most Nice. So by the way, I'm actually looking on your Instagram right now. So I mean, you've, you've honestly have given like such great um, advice to to our listeners, Um, gave your background, which I think is going to be so helpful. Um, And I'm looking on your Instagram right now, and it says future CISO. And it says that you're currently InfoSec engineer. Um, Now, I know what a CISO is, but would you mind uh, telling everyone like, how do you go from InfoSec engineer to uh, CISO and what is a, a CISO? So CISO stands for Chief Information Security Officer. Um, and colloquially, we typically will say CISO. Some people don't say CISO, so, um, but CISO is what I typically will say. So just so that if I say it, it you know, from now on, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but Essentially, it's like, you know, the chief executive of the information security portion of IT. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, uh, it will they might report to like a CIO, which is the chief information officer. Um, hopefully not. And hopefully they report to the CFO, which is <laughs> makes it a little bit easier for the CISO. But um, so my plan um, is to pretty much spend a good portion of time being technical and doing technical roles. Um, But eventually I would like to be more impactful. And I feel like one of the ways to do that would be to be a CISO. Um, But on the way there, you kind of just, you, at a certain point you jump into management and then once you hit management, you jump around, like maybe you'll be a manager for a little bit and then you'll be a director and then you might be a vice president or something like that or like that, or then move over to CISO. I'm not really sure. It depends on the structure of the company. Um, But at a certain point, I would switch from technical roles to more managerial type roles. And I think that I have the skill set to do that, which is important to note because I think people eye management because of the money. Um, However, you are managing, you should be, you're managing the department, yes, and you're managing, you know, your little part of the greater overall business goals, but you're also managing people and their careers. You should be, and you should be thinking about that. And a lot of managers are terrible, but I'm just going to be honest. Like, I think my current boss is the best boss. I tell him all the time, <laughs> he's the best boss I've had in my entire career. Okay, good. For a minute, I, I was... I thought you were going to say your current boss is like the worst. No, 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 no. He's, he's the best boss I've had. And it's such a shame because he's not even American at all. He's, he's French. Um, so I feel like, I don't know if it's like American bosses that I just have not had the best luck with. I think I've had one okay manager. Um, 
-hmm. but uh, for the most part, I haven't had that many good ones. Um, I've had more bad ones than good ones. So I think it's, it's because people just get to a point where they're just like, I want to make more money and I don't want to learn anything else. And so they find a buddy and that buddy will just put them in a management position without thinking about what that person can bring to a management position and how that person would affect an entire department. If you have a bad manager, everybody, the morale suffers, but also productivity suffers, happiness suffers, everything suffers. But if you have a good manager at a shitty company, you can really turn things around. Um, But people don't really think about that. And so I think though I've taken, I've evaluated myself and I think that I would be okay in a role. The only problem that I can perceive myself having is with office politics because I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Other than that though, I think I, I think I would be a good, I think I would be an all right manager. Yeah. Um, So another uh, question off of what you just said. Um, So you, you mentioned that you've had, many bad managers and great managers and Mm -hmm. this is a conversation I like to have as well because I myself out of all the managers I've had like majority of them were pretty horrible and but the ones that were great I mean were so great that like till this day I like I still message them and be like I like you are so amazing like you really helped me out in my career um, and I'm so thankful for them because if it honestly wasn't for them, I probably would have not stayed in tech because I just assumed that every manager out there was going to be, you know, racist or nasty or whatever. Um, so I'm glad that eventually, you know, I had really great managers. Um, so what would you say um, is the difference between like the the managers that you deem to have been very great and very um, supportive, like, like what things did they do to help like advance your career? Um, that is a great question. I think the first good manager I had, and he wasn't the best, but he was, he was definitely, I wouldn't, I would definitely not classify him as the worst or average. I think he was definitely better than average, but he wasn't like the best. But the first thing that he did was he saw that my pay was lower than everyone else's. And he, the first, as soon as I was a part of his team, the first thing he did was say, was talk, have the conversations with people about how they can raise my, my um, hourly rate. And he got it raised. And that alone was, is substantial because we just talked about being broke. (laughs) (laughs) So I went from 1075 to $12 an hour. Wow. Yeah, that's how, first of all, that's how low I was <laughs> compared to everyone else. Yeah. Um, I mean, this was my first job. I was like taking whatever. Like, so. Yeah, same, um, here, same here. I was once making like $14 an hour and it got raised to 16 part time. So I yeah. understand. I yeah. Understand. So that was a monumental part and then he also was very invested in making sure that everyone on his team was doing the proper training i think there are people that have worked there for a couple years and hadn't done some of the training that they could do to get promoted and that is a direct reflection of the manager because they're the ones that can sign you up for the training classes and things of that nature and they sit down with you so he was very invested in making sure that everybody on his team had you know gone through all the training classes that they needed to um, and had the access that goes with uh, passing those training classes Um, so he was like more interested he was interested in people um, developing Um, And then he was just all around good at his job and he did other, I'm sure he did other stuff and took on the responsibility of other managers as well. So he was a pretty good manager. Now, the reason why I say he wasn't the best was that he played politics a little bit too well and that means being fake. So he was a little bit (laughs) wishy-washy. Yeah, he was not consistent in terms of like, he wasn't good at um, asserting himself uh, a, like when he needed to, I think he, he got by, by being the nice guy, which got us like the training that we needed and the money that we needed. But then when it came time to like battle other things, he, he was kind of useless. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, I think that's consistent with all the good managers I've had. They have taken the time to ask me what I want out of my career and then, um, asked how they can assist me with getting to where I need to get, knowing that, um, just compensation is not, 
is not enough for people who spend their lives at companies. Money does matter, but at a certain point, you also have to think about the future. Um, and since companies will dispose of you whenever they want, <laughs> you have to, you know, it, it is your, the employee's responsibility to make sure that they have the skills necessary to, to jump ship if they need to. Mm -hmm. However, I think it's good management to care about that in your employees. And I think it reflects on you too. So managers who are willing to fight the good fight when they need to, who are developing their employees, who listen to you. And if you have a complaint, they, they take it so seriously that they actually you know, investigate and they, you know, give you tips and they're invested in like turning it around. I had an issue uh, like a month ago with like um, some people in the IT department at my current job. And I told both my manager and the operations, uh, the security operations manager, like what was going on. And literally they were immediately on it. They were like, these are the steps that we're taking. This is what you can do. Let's get on a call. Da, da, da. Like, and that had never happened. Normally I like make a big stink about something and they don't really do anything. So, <laughs> so things wow. like that are valuable. Caring about what I think, including me in decisions that affect the department or the company like that. Those are big big things and i think that um honestly any manager who knows that if they get fired or whatever they can find another job in a heartbeat those are typically the most valuable managers <laughs> because they're not so afraid that they cower to executives like they yeah. fight the good fight you know but yeah that those are the kinds of you know things i can think of off the top of my head nice cool um, so, uh, as we come to a, to, a, to a close, is there anything that you want to share, um, with everyone, anything you have, any projects you have cooking up or, I don't know, you're going to take a vacation somewhere? <laughs> I know, right? I should. Um, I, uh, do a podcast as well. So, um, if you're into podcasts, they're a lot longer than this one. So <laughs> I'm just going to warn you. I think you have a good, you do a good job of making yours a lot shorter. Ours are too long, but it's coolest okay. nerds in the room. If That's you're okay. interested, <laughs> it's, um, I also have a website, stephansec.com. Um, I'm so bad at this. Uh, I'll be speaking. I don't know if people are going to be attending DEF CON or if this will go out before that, but I'll be speaking at some panels at DEF CON and B-Sides. So um, if you follow me on Twitter, at stephansec.com, I mean, what else? At stephansec, Lord, um, you'll see me post about them. And uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I okay. hope I've remembered everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, if not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share everything um, in the show notes for, uh, for everyone. And I'm actually gonna try to get this out before, I, like I just Googled, uh, DEFCON is August 8th or 11th. So I'll try to get this out um, before then. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah. So yeah, th thank you so much for being willing to come on and talk with me and being vulnerable and telling your story while also um, inspiring so many Black women in tech. Um, so thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Subscribe and share it with the world. Stories of Black women in tech just isn't for Black women in tech. It's for the world to hear and see how strong human beings we are. Do you know of any Black women in tech who want to tell their stories? Tell them to write in to Naya at Frau V's. That is N-A-Y-A at F-R-A-U-V-I-S dot com. Don't forget to subscribe and share.